milkshake. Hi there and welcome back to the FFS podcast. I'm your host Praddy once again and this is episode number 49 part 6. Welcome back to those of you who have been listening all the way from part 1. Uh thank you for staying with us for so long and I hope you've had an interesting five parts so far. Uh we've spoken to a West Ham a couple of West Ham fans, a couple of Newcastle United fans, we spoke to Norwich fans. I mean I was so grateful we could find some of them. Uh we also spoke to uh, uh I think Manchester United and a Tottenham uh, Hotspur fan as well. And now we've shifted our focus to uh Arsenal, the other the red half of North London. So if you're just joining us right now, I'll just give you a brief uh brief of to as to what this episode is about. So this episode as I normally term it as the other episode is basically me talking to fans of clubs or in the premier league that haven't won the premier league so apart from liverpool most of the other clubs will be on this particular episode uh so like i mentioned this particular part will will have uh, we'll be talking to an arsenal fan uh, he has been on the podcast before his name is basid but i'll ask him to give an introduction and tell ask him to give tell us a bit about himself nonetheless so uh, before we get into talk, discussing the season that uh, that arsenal experienced in 1920 Uh yeah let's first move on to introduction so basit would you like to tell us a bit about yourself Hey hi everyone so uh, it's basit hasan here I'm like uh, like paddy already mentioned I'm an Arsenal fan I mean that's all I've known to be honest ever since I've started technically enjoying the game so yep I mean that's all I've heard Awesome true yeah, true uh, awesome yep definitely uh Yeah so Basit and I have been uh, went to the same school and that's how we kind of know each other we are also in the same sports group and yes it always gets very very interesting when it's an Arsenal game on the uh, especially most of the top 6 sides right that's when the group really gets very active um all right so yeah. let's 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 begin with the first topic and I should start off this particular part by saying congratulations you are the FA Cup winners for the 14th time i mean it's a record in the english game and also i if i'm not mistaken despite your your poor season you're only the third team third english team uh, to win a trophy uh, in the premier league at least i i can say leeds as well but the third or fourth if you want to count leeds the fourth english team to win a trophy this season how does it feel mm, yeah man it, it feels great to be honest man i was Honestly the way I see the way the way season of the the way the season was panning out I wasn't expecting such an end but uh, I'm glad and I'll take it to be honest. Uh yeah it's just uh, like 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 you know uh, it's been one of the worst season to be honest it's uh, one of the first season in fact in 25 more than 25 years the fact that uh, uh I can go on about the season and even in further I'm sure we did uh, touch on few points but i guess it's uh, it's 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 great it's a great moment it's a great achievement 14 times like you said it you know the it's a record yeah and i'm really proud of it you seem to have at least ateta since ateta has come you seem to have a knack of beating the top six sides at least uh you know i think i'm not sure if you beat leicester you might have beaten leicester but uh you definitely beat us in the league you beat manchester city in the fa cup to get to the final you beat chelsea in the final uh unfortunately lost to tottenham but we tottenham aren't in the top 
okay, they're sixth, but yeah, uh, top four at least. And then Manchester United, you beat them. So, okay, we'll come to that later. So that that must certainly feel good. But you did mention that this particular season has been one of the worst in Arsenal's history for 25 years, like you mentioned. But has this win uh, and the fact that you're now back in Europe, albeit in the Europa League, has that changed the the way you're looking at the season? I mean, previously you would have thought that the season's one of the worst, but the fact that you won a trophy and you're back, you're, you still made it to Europe despite finishing out of the top seven, uh, has that changed your view in any way? Uh, uh, like as as a, as a fan, winning the uh, to be honest, winning the FA Cup doesn't really change much. We all know we had a we had a really bad season in the league. Yeah. Now, uh, going forward, like this FA Cup is not going to change. But I feel, in my opinion, as an uh, as an Arsenal football club, this is the minimum we should be offer- offering year in year out. We should be competing. Doesn't matter. We should be competing for trophies, FA Cups, Carling Cups, Champions League, uh, Premier Leagues. That's the minimum we can. We have to do at this club, but of course, like doing doing well in the league means a lot more. But winning a trophy is ultimately gonna basically. We just went and added to our history, which is another great thing that I can say about our club. You know, so that way it's it's again it's uh, it's it just it just puts a smile on my face after having such a bad season. But uh, we. As we all know, we still have a long way to go. We still have a long way to, uh, I mean, we still have a long way to go from where we want to be right now, to be honest. So I'm not getting carried away with this. Hopefully, this is just the start of things to come. And I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty positive. There are a few good signs. Like you said, uh, you just mentioned about Arata and the way he's got a knack of beating some of the top six this season. And uh, yeah, let's moving forward. Moving forward from that, uh, I, I hopefully would like to see us build from this rather than just sit on it and be like, yeah, we won the FA Cup. Uh, we're still competing. But let's be honest. We're still levels behind Liverpool and even Man City at this point in time. Right. Okay. But how, how, okay. speaking of the FA Cup, though, in, uh, this is a two-parter. So one is how much better was it that you beat a London rival in Chelsea because there's all I mean nobody I mean Spurs only came into the conversation of uh, five years or six years ago or even slightly longer than that but the rivalry in London was predominantly Chelsea versus Arsenal right so how how did how much better was this victory in a way and the second of it uh, is how much does this victory go towards Ensuring that your star players don't leave the likes of Aubameyang, that they still know that you guys are competing and you're still winning trophies. So, obviously, there is some uh, incentive for these players to stay. So, what are your thoughts on those two? Uh, yeah, definitely. First, I'll touch on the Chelsea. Like, uh, I mean, it was definitely a good victory, but beating Chelsea in the FA Cup final was never a, a problem, to be honest. We have beaten them. Three times in the last three finals, we have faced them. So I was pretty confident. I was pretty sure, like this was gonna be done. In my opinion, we just couldn't mess this up. Uh, what this does? Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. You could see how much it meant to the players. You could see how much it meant to Arteta himself, Aubameyang, all the players around. It just brings us even more together, and you know, it just it's just a morale boost. You know, towards the end, especially after having such a horrible season, finishing eighth. 
uh, was finished in like more than 25 years just to have that trophy just to like you know have some you know say like put a, like 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 said we just bought did they just bought something like a smile on the fans uh, on fans faces come after having not just a season after having such a horrible year and what about went on with it basically yeah and i mean especially especially like winning the fa cup must have been even more special because unlike the league cup and the league cup is normally seen as nowadays somewhat redundant so to win a more prestigious cup also the fact that people talk about uh, you know give arteta time and all that the fact that he's showing that he he has that mentality to win trophies obviously because of what he's gone under, under with man city but also the fact that he's shown that he's a winner would also help his cause with the board right definitely uh, you can just imagine how how much it meant to arteta in his first season first 6 months winning a trophy means a lot not to just him but to any other rookie manager who just started off the job yeah so this itself means a lot you could see he was like very emotional he was all over the board thanking all the people who have helped him been there thank getting all emotional thanking pep thanking the staff the players uh yeah it was it was really nice uh, if anything i'm more happy for him for him and the achievement that he's i mean let, let's be honest uh i mean i would have personally not blamed him or like yeah, gotten at his back if he had not won us the trophy because we know how the season was panning out we know what he's working with at the moment he's got really limited time and the situation that's around, it was an ideal but the fact that he's still stuck there he still got his players around he still you know focused on the task in front of him and got the job done just gives me more and more faith going forward and you know and just believe in him even more so definitely and uh, okay but, but let's move on to the second topic and that is the change in manager we speak we speaking and we're praising arteta uh to the heavens right because of what he's mm. done especially since he's come in but obviously it began with unai emery your season began with unai emery and uh everyone thought fine the the setback at baku may have caused slight i wouldn't say disruption but your players would certainly have been down given that you lost that final you you were in with a good shot chelsea also apart from hazard didn't really have the star star players uh, like Arsenal definitely has a shot given how well their Europa is but I don't think anyone could have foreseen how the season would have panned out this this year especially under Unai Emery you'd have thought that given the transfers as well the summer transfer window that you guys had which was considered by many as to be very very successful uh, and one that actually surprised a lot of people because you actually went out and spent the big bucks uh over a lot of players not only on one player but a couple of other players as well that you bought several players that could address certain uh, certain positions so all of that was you know pointing towards uh, a decent season under emery i wouldn't say the most successful but a decent season under emery so where did it all fall apart according to you uh so the everything is interesting actually so i mean we all know when he came into the club he wasn't most people's favorite yeah but like me most of the fans were like really willing to back the guy and see what he has to offer yeah so honestly in my opinion i really saw decline of emery even before the <coughs> europa season even before the europa final 
the fact that we were in the top four comfortably to come end of the season, and he actually bottled it, and we ended up finishing fifth by a point, and we needed the Europa League final to get into the Champions League again, and to go and mess that final the way we did was, in my opinion, was just a disaster. It was just the beginning of his end. He, we should have completely, completely finished four comfortably enough that season. It was all down to him and his some of his decision making last year, like towards the end of last year, was questionable. His you could almost see the players were like clueless. They they were they didn't know which direction or like what like where he was actually leading leading up leading them to. Yeah. So obviously, like. And I don't. To be honest, I don't even blame the players. It's or even Emery itself. It it just didn't work out. It wasn't like it wasn't meant to be. It's it was. Uh, again, uh, I'm not saying it's all down to him. Maybe if things had worked worked out a bit differently, he could have gone on to maybe achieve a little bit more. Maybe he. But again, I'm glad it. You know. Uh, we actually realized that and had to like let him go, and I'm glad with how the situation panned out, and we actually have one one of the one of the most promising managers around right now, like potentially at least. Definitely, I mean, you speak potential manager, but like even when Arteta was first announced, there wasn't too much of a like fanfare about his arrival because. Many, you guys were linked with the likes of Allegri, Luis Enrique, you know, really top-class managers who manage the big leagues and the big teams in the big leagues, like your Juventus and your Barcelonas, even Spain, Luis Enrique in the Spain national team. And they're all done well to a certain degree. So, uh, obviously, the news that you were going to hire uh, a manager who, yes, was a club legend and a, a former player, but not real, never had that much experience. Unlike even Ole, who had uh, years of experience in his hometown, or even Frank Lampard, who at least even had one year. He, Arteta was predominantly Pep Guardiola's right-hand man. So, were you skeptical about his arrival? Did you did you foresee that this was go- this is the Arsenal that you were going to get? That I mean, we're going to touch on players and the the fans' feelings towards these kind of players that they felt they weren't good enough. But un- suddenly Arteta comes in and then. He kind of revitalizes the entire team. So, did you kind of foresee it, or were you slightly nervous about his appointment? Mm, like, honestly, you do have your question, but it kind of did give me confidence with what everyone around the club itself were talking about. Okay, let's be real. Arteta was actually our first, uh, our first option, even before Emery. We did go approach him. Arteta and the board came out themselves that they would really look. They were looking for Arteta to replace Wenger, but Arteta wasn't. According to him, he wasn't ready at the time, and he didn't really want to leave Pep and the project that they had, you know, at that time itself. So we we started looking at other options. One of them being Emery. The fact that we actually went and gave Emery two, a two season contract and had a clause inserted saying that if you don't qualify us for the Champions League. You're out of the door, which was pretty straight, clear for straightforward to me that we were actually looking for a really young manager who technically understands our philosophy, our club, 
who's one of our own there were like there were there were people mentioned like patrick vera terry onry to an extent but in the end of the day arita was always the first choice and we finally got a man yeah i i suppose so i mean it it always is very like it, it it's a very not not so subtle indication when um, you hand a manager only a two year contract especially with a clause that you say you'll only get a third year if you achieve certain objectives that normally isn't the case you normally give a manager three or four years straight away and then you see where it goes if it if it doesn't work out in the uh, three in the first two years then yeah you then reevaluate uh or if this even no progress I, i mean if there's no progress rather if there was progress but you didn't really win i suppose you can still give him time but uh yeah but in terms of tactics what is the change you've seen in, that arteta's brought about to the club have you found that identity that you were so so much like searching for under unai emery see not much, not like again arteta's come at arsenal at a really really worrying times yeah our uh, our squad was completely disjointed we had nothing going we had nothing going forward was defense was attack we were like literally non existent for most parts of like the mid season at least till he took over uh you can definitely see what is what arteta is all about you could see what kind of football he wants to bring to the club you could see his tactics but it's just that he doesn't have the right personnel right now so it's not ideal to judge judge him on based on what he's got right now but you could see the philosophy you could see the idea you could see what he demands what what's the minimum requirement out of each and every player at the club which is a really positive you know he's a really good man manager he really puts his message across like and 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 like he keeps saying it's not negotiable it's my way or you just out of the door which is even stuck by it you know uh, again like we've always had half measure managers who have not never been strong enough never to took big decisions they were always hiding behind players or the board or this now when i look at arena i'm like finally we've had we have a guy who's actually going to stand up and speak for himself if he doesn't like something he's going to point fingers and be like this is this is what i don't like and i want this to be changed so that way i'm really really happy that we finally have a mentally strong manager that's what i look at him as and again the tactics it's not more about the tactics right now because like i said i did mention the players and the the and the abilities that we have right now it's more about uh like he said we a uh, step one was to build our spirit up commitment passion and to actually believe in ourselves to like believe like this is arsenal football club it's not a mid table club or like to be honest for most part those players were playing like a mid table club or even worse than that and that uh, the 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 way we finished the league just speaks for itself but he slightly as you said like we were we were actually successful enough against some of the big six that is all down to him that was not because we were better like let's be honest we were we know we were not be- we're not a better team than liverpool or a city but the fact that we we showed we, the, we showed the fight we showed the spirit we showed the fa- passion that's what got us through and that was all down to ateta and his of course he he had his way he he's he's coming into the club he tried playing back didn't really work out because of the defensive structure that we had so 
he sacrificed our strength in terms of attacking and made us more disciplined so we started leaking lesser goals but we stopped attacking but that was that, that was his plan he wanted to build a structure right from right from the back and in my opinion he's really done that well with whatever what with what he's got and all he needs to do is add to that going forward and especially with the backing you never know exactly i think you you mentioned uh, we can't judge arteta in the six month period right now and that it will take because he doesn't have the personnel but i suppose given his personality that he is a brave manager willing to challenge the board i think that that is very much required because otherwise we know how kronke is with uh, spending i mean especially okay except for last summer we know how frugal he was with the money and so in that case if he doesn't get to get his personnel or if he doesn't spend this particular summer we can't even judge him on next summer we really won't know how good he is because he'll predominantly have the same kind of personnel so uh if he does well then it's all down to him and his tactics and everything but like we don't know how the heights he can reach because he may not have the personnel so that is definitely important and as well as the backing from the board and the fact that i think was it i think post the liverpool game where he actually came out and he he actually uh, addressed the board and said we need these kind of players because we need to reach the heights of liverpool because liverpool in terms of stats i think outdid arsenal is just that they were too costly errors and arsenal did well to pounce on them and take advantage of it so uh, and man city was again i felt like that that match i think arsenal showed more enthusiasm and they actually went out and proved uh, a point that the liverpool match wasn't a fluke uh, but all right but let's talk about the personnel and that is i think there are two key players that i wanted to mention jaka and david luiz so granit jaka and david luiz two of these players have been like malign have been criticized heavily by fans for their mistakes Jaka especially we saw under Unai Emery when uh, in the match against I think Crystal Palace where he walked off to his armband to the ground and is and just walked and uh, started goading the crowd basically everybody called for his head uh, and they it, I mean as a compromise he was removed uh, from the captaincy role but turn I think a couple of months later under Arteta he's one of the vital cogs in the machine. Uh David Luiz yes has his hits and misses but suddenly he's also become a regular starter. So what is it that you've seen in these two players that have they've been able to redeem themselves uh from their past mistakes? See again I I feel this is again part of part of Arteta's trends yeah so he's he's one of in my opinion one of the best at least from what it looks like one of the best man managers around. Yep. He's, look let's start with shaka yeah so uh shaka divides opinion in my, yeah like you will have a set of fans who like really hate him and don't want him at the club at all and then you have a like a set of fans who are actually sentimental and rate him towards to to an extent to be um to be honest i'm in the middle i'm not saying shaka is he shouldn't be at the club in fact i don't mind him to be honest he's he's the sort of character you need in your squad right now uh is if you ask me does he has leadership leadership qualities yes he definitely has is he he's he's just the he's just a player who needs to be shown a bit of love 
I feel like you know you need a man. He needs a manager who puts his arm around him and gives him the confidence and the belief that he needs. And that's when he starts performing. He's more of a confidence player, and Arit has done done that brilliantly. And you could see he's changed his game completely. Arit knows. Look, Arit knows what we all know what Shaka uh, lacks and what his strengths are. But uh, uh, to make the most of it and actually make him play the way we are is this is a lot of the manager. And to be honest, in my opinion. Uh, Jaka has been one of our best performances since the lockdown, and without him, we would have not probably not even won the FA Cup. True, I uh, I think I've seen a lot of a lot of AFT and a lot of these guys, people who sensible. Okay, some of them I don't take seriously, but some of them who sensible. But when when the Jaka incident happened, I was hmm. I didn't think that he was going to get kicked out. I always thought that there will come a time where he will. Uh, you know redeem himself and i'm glad that he got that opportunity because it, it it isn't a nice way when you leave a club like that because i i did see his performances and his performances were were decent i th- i know the entire team was struggling against emery but even that even so certain performances show that he was pl- trying to give it all for his club it's just that it wasn't working out so i was glad that that kind of happened uh Yeah. So basically, what I like about Chaka is his passion and what he brings to the team. Yeah. So again, he's uh, when you actually look at Arsenal, he's one of the one of our squad members who's actually really vocal on the pitch, and we really lack lack that at the moment. He's always on your face. He's always talking. He's always communicating. He's always screaming. He's always on. Like he's always saying something. The passion, the passion the guy has is just unbelievable. You just you see how like. Yes, he knew he he did. He knew it, it was a genuine mistake. He came out and he apologized. But you could see how much he really cared about the club. You know how much he loved the club. How much he wanted to make amends. How much he really wanted this FA Cup final. You know, so that itself kind of redeemed itself. You know, like it, like he doesn't need to prove anyone or any any like anything to anyone at this point. He's just done his job. He's put his head down, apologized, and got on with his work. Exactly, uh, but one of the players who, I mean, I thought would have made a sort of comeback, and we would have seen a little more of him was obviously Mesut Ozil. Uh, I have no clue what's happening with him. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? Because even Arteta seems very, very reluctant to play him. Uh, does he have a future at Arsenal? Is it going to be tough to offload a player who costs you three hundred and fifty thousand GBP per week? uh so the ozil situation is a bit tricky so not many people know this but uh uh since the lockdown uh, most of the arsenal squad members have taken a pay cut yeah and this was a mutual this was a mutual agreement by most players but ozil was one of two players who came out and refused to take a pay cut so there are definitely things that happened behind the scene okay With him, the board, Arteta, and maybe some of the other players that were actually willing to pay, take a pay cut, and they were trying to convince him to do the same, and he wasn't being that appreciative of them. Again, uh, in terms of what Ozil has to offer, when I look at the way Arteta wants to play, the way he is setting up his teams, I don't really see where Ozil really fits because, in my opinion, Ozil is just a luxury, luxurious player. At most, you know, he he's still got maybe a he's still got 
something to offer like he still got his decent passing range decent passing a good dribbling a uh, a uh, you know killer ball in there but that's not enough in my opinion you need uh, what every like you could see the, every manager has has their way now like klopp pep arteta they all demand so much more from their player it's not just about their technical qualities or like uh what they have to offer on the pitch is about the work rate about the commitment it's about the passion it's about how much you're willing to suffer for this club for the team on on the pitch and i feel ozil really lacks that he he he's just a sort of player who if he's not doing well on the day he's just going to like put his head down and just like start complaining which is not ideal we have a lot of young players around we have a lot of uh you know a youth coming up and when you look at people like ozil who are actually doing that it's, it doesn't set a good example so again it's a bit tricky you don't really know what's happening behind the scenes but in my opinion i think his time is done at arsenal we should just move on from him uh cut our losses cut his wage bill and uh yeah that's it we had some we had some really good times i mean we won two fa cups with the guy he's given us a good season few good seasons under wenger But I guess it is. It is what it is. I guess we just gotta uh, uh, take it in and just move on. Yeah, definitely. I think Ozil, when he first came in, was almost had the same sort of impact as a De Bruyne. And right now, it's Man City. I think some of his assists and like stats were incredible. Though, yes, I think, like you mentioned, he does tend to go missing when things don't go his way, and that generally affects his, affects the team. uh yeah i i can't see a uh, a long future I, i suppose it's all about finding the right kind of buyer for him and uh, one who's willing to take him on those kind of wages because if he sub- if he doesn't want to take a pay cut here i doubt how much of a pay cut he's going to take to move clubs so the talks of him being loaned out to turkey fenerbahce maybe for a year with him signing when he's like a free agent next year I'll take it. Look, anything we still might have to pay fifty fifty percent of his wages, but that's still a lot. It's still a lot considering how much he's getting paid right now. I'll take it. Definitely, and I think, but though there's, like you said, there's no doubting his uh, his skill because when we saw him against the in the A was it the League Cup against Liverpool when we played when you we both played like one of our weekend our weekend teams. He he was one of the star performers. It's only when. Ozil left the pitch when Liverpool actually got a stronghold in the game and managed to claw back uh, from being 4-1 down or something to 5-5. So uh, I think that does show that he still has it. It's just that when it matters at at times when it when he goes missing and especially some of the big games. It's just uh, the case of uh, see the thing is Ozil could probably still be a good player in one of the better sides if you want to know what I mean. Yeah. maybe if you already have a good side and you just need a genius like a creative genius who just pulls the plugs for you like sprays those passes without him doing all the other stuff that is required he could work you never know but like right now with with this thin squad and with the way arteta wants to play his football i just don't see how ozil can fit or can arteta how can arteta fit him in this current squad right now To be fair, though, I think okay. I what Arteta might need is like someone who can track back, who can do that defensive duty as well, and 
who can always give their 110%. But I feel like given the way that you guys are structured right now with Aubameyang and Pepe on the wings and Lacazette in the center, it could be one of the perfect positions now for us to like play in the camp position and like put in through balls to like people like Aubameyang and Pepe who can run past or run past the uh, dif- the last defense, the last line of defense basically. And so you could... It's basically somewhat like what Bruno Fernandes is doing at Manchester United right now with the likes of Rashford, Martial and... The same. Granted, Lacazette isn't the fastest, but you still have two other pacey wingers who you could supply to. So, again, it, there are a lot of factors, but predominantly it feels like there's a lot of stuff that's gone behind the scenes that isn't working in Ozil's favour. And so, it just makes sense, I suppose, for Arsenal to maybe cut their losses right now. He's not getting younger anyway. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and the, his wages is a huge factor, to be honest. Like, just just cutting off 30, 18 to 17 million a year is going to be a lot beneficial for us at this point in time. And to be honest, like I said, again, it's all down to like, when, to be honest, when Arteta did come, he did start playing with Ozil, but that was a different formation, a different system. But soon he realized that he can't be playing a back four with this set of defenders that we have. So he reverted to a back three. And I don't really see where Ozil fits in this like in this formation currently. Because we have Ceballos and Shaka who's like the whole like, midfielder and with a three up front with the with with the wing backs. I can't really see Ozil. And once you move to a back four, you can see you can see signs of us and at the Watford game. We started with the back four, but you caught you could see how easy it was for people like Wellback or even Dini to get at us. That's how bad we are defensively this season. It's only that structure and disciplines that Arada has brought to the team going forward has actually made us a bit better. But uh, I don't see that changing just based on one player. Exactly. And a player that isn't going to be in the long term, right? So it doesn't make sense to uh, like <clears throat> uh, change the formation and the team to suit one player that isn't going to be in your long-term plans. So, and I guess, yeah, the back three only works well right now because Luis is a completely different de- defender when he's playing in a back three as opposed to a back four. So, I completely agree with you there. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So, let's let's move on to the final section of this particular part. And that is the best of. It's a small rapid-fire round. A very short rapid-fire round. So, let me ask you, what was your best moment for... Uh, for you as an Arsenal fan this particular season? Uh, the City game. Definitely. Uh, the way... The, the fact that no one just even gave us a chance. Okay. Uh, people were already writing us off the moment the draw came out. Uh, including... I wouldn't say I wasn't... Uh, obviously, as an, as an fan, you need to have some sort of hope. You need to believe. You can't just be like, oh, it's gone. Yeah, that, it is football. In the end of the day, anything can happen. But the fact that we went out there with a the game plan, we went out there and did a number. It wasn't a, like a one-off. We actually played well. We actually gave up everything. I was just proud of each and every single player, including my manager on that given day. I was like, I couldn't have any. I couldn't have asked anything more. And to be honest, I, I did say this to some of my friends. I was like, the moment we, the mo- if and if it's a big if, if we be, ended up beating City, we're gonna win the FA Cup, and we actually did it. Yeah, I think the last time also you beat City in the semi-final, you went on to win the FA Cup. So, kind of history repeating itself. Yes. But, uh, you know, it, it definitely one of, was one of Arsenal's best matches I've seen as well. It seemed like you, like City didn't have a response to the way Arsenal were playing. It seemed like, like, like you go at City, you were 
quite brave you didn't sit back and wait for city to attack you completely and then hit you on the hit them on the counter like most yes it's, and it's very it's very unlike arsenal like uh, you i'm sure you've been watching enough of arsenal lately you never see like you never associate arsenal with such a defensive performance yeah you never see us be this resilient against one of the best attacking teams in europe yeah the fact that we actually pulled off and not just pulled off we actually went and scored two really good goals and totally deserved the win was just like again like i said it's one of the best moments this season not even the fa cup final because like i said i was fa cup final was a given like the fact that we we <laughs> literally unbeatable uh yeah for chelsea and- and it also kind of showed that it wasn't a fluke that you beat liverpool right so i mean yeah it it like that match may have been slightly hampered by two errors but the fact that you it it's all about momentum football's all about momentum so the fact that you beat the champions and you could go and go uh, that gave you confidence to go into the man city game uh, with the belief that you could beat the definitely the defender. liverpool that liverpool i wouldn't say the match but the liverpool result was huge for us i could see like i could see like us stepping forward like coming out of the game with a bit of pride you know because in the, the day you know liverpool have been miles better, miles better than every other team in the league this year they have totally deserved it and to be honest and you guys were actually hunting down like your points total you guys were you guys played your best 11 you guys were actually looking forward to like beating us and going and breaking records but, but the fact that we actually stood there and stopped you from achieving that and came up with the result came out of the results i wouldn't say i wouldn't say is like big achievement but it just put us on the right path to go on and beat city and then go on from there and reach the finals and eventually beat you know chelsea definitely all right so uh, the second question that i have uh, and this is again a two parter who is the best performer for arsenal according to you and who is the most improved player in your squad this season the best performer definitely you can't take anything from uh, away from obermeier he's like the one of the very few positives this year yeah so you can the record speaks for himself the guy has what scored 50 goals in like less than 62 or 63 appearances he's already on 71 goals since he's joined arsenal no one else has scored more goals than him since he's joined the premier league that says a lot i mean again he's been keeping it up that's why when a lot of I uh, see when it comes to Obamaya and a lot of people like want him to sign a new contract want him to like commit to the future I totally want that I totally you can't replace Obamaya let's be honest no club even say no club in world football right now can replace Obamaya immediately any team losing Obamaya is going to lose a lot of goals so what do you do my only problem is I've spoken about this a lot of times uh he's good and we need him but is he going to be there around when we actually winning trophies or ready to compete because again he's 31 but he doesn't but the feeling i get the more and more the more i feel about the guys he doesn't he doesn't feel like a 31 year old guy you know what i mean he just feels like another 25 or 26 who's just like hitting his peak as long as this goes on as long as he keeps the performances up i'm not going to complain i guess Yeah, I mean he's definitely been a goal scoring machine for you guys. I I can't take anything away. I think he is to you what Suarez I think was for us at that 2013, yeah. 2012, 2013 season. 
and 2013-24. He was he was literally the only kind of goal scoring threat and everything would pass kind of through him. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have other players like Lacazette and all that, but Aubameyang is like your main target man. Even though he plays out of the wings, he's he's like thirsty for goals and he's like he, he is actually crazy. I'll, I'll I'll give him I'll give a mention to Leno as well. To be honest, Leno hmm. if if it wasn't him, to be honest, I don't know where we would have been. Like, we have two players on different end of the pitches, like Aubameyang doing his job up front, and we had a really strong goalkeeper in Leno. You know, so Leno was like, he he saved us on multiple occasions. Like, I could remember the game that the single-handedly he's just like, okay, we are in this game because of Leno, and it's not, and it's not just against you guys or like say top. Teams. I'm talking about bottom teams coming at us, and Leno's actually keeping us in the game. So yeah, shout out to Leno as well. He's been brilliant, and unfortunately, he got that injury, and he had to. And uh, I'm glad it's not a long-term injury, and he's already back in training. It looked much worse than what it is right now. And then we had uh, we had a backup goalkeeper, who's another <laughs> another brilliant story. To be honest, he's been at the club for a good ten years now, and he finally gets his chance, and he wins us the wins us the FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to bring up Martinez because we keep hearing about how vital second goalkeepers are. Some of them, and it's very difficult to find a really good second choice goalkeeper because you see it only with probably Manchester United have really two uh, national goalkeepers in David De Gea and Sergio Romero. You you made obviously criticize their performances, but they are still you know uh, national team and they've got a lot of national caps for their uh, squad. But I think here with Arsenal, it, it's nice. I mean, the fact that Leno got injured is obviously unfortunate and I hope he uh, recovers well. Uh, but the fact that Martinez has pulled up his socks and was one of the reasons why you guys also beat us in that match because he pulled up some magnificent saves in that particular game and has mm, done definitely game after game. I think, I, I think it's very difficult to find someone like that and you must be grateful that you've you had a goalkeeper who's had this time to show that he is uh, good enough to sh- to be See, even pushed for the first. Yeah, definitely. See, the thing with Martin is, is uh, so he's come out and said this. Yeah, so even Wenger spoke about him in a lot of interviews. We have uh, Emery speaking about him. The thing is, he's been at the club for ten years and he's been out on loan for a like good eight or nine times. I guess if I'm not wrong, he's always been there. He's always been there in and around the fringes. He's always. Like, but in my opinion, he never really got the chance, you know. And he had his chances to move on, like move abroad or like go to some other team. And just like, we had a chance of even selling it. But the fact that he just loves the club way too much. He just, he just, he was just patient. He believed in the process. He believed in himself and his abilities. And he, and he knew, and he knew. That's what he said. He knew. I know there would be like there'll come a time where I'll get my chance. And once I get my chance, I'll grab it with both of them. And that's what he's done. To be honest, now once Leno's back, it's a good dilemma for Atleta for next season. Because I don't see why he's going to bench or why is he even benching Martinez. Leno really has to prove himself again, you know. You can't just come straight away and be like, dude, I'm the number one. You need to own your spot. And it definitely helps that you're back in Europe. So it gives uh, Atleta the choice to kind of rotate and see how both his goalkeepers are doing. So maybe start off with Martinez, then have Leno play some of these cup matches with the uh, the the group stages in the Europe Europa League and then kind of you know fill around with that but you, the fact that he it must be of great comfort to him that he knows that he's got two keepers in his team that he can totally rely on and 
uh yeah i mean it, it, it's such a vital position we've seen that even with liverpool right with alisson and all that so it's it's such a vital position even when alisson went adrian did well but i think so it, it is very good that you have a second goalkeeper that you can rely on and that you that even your defense line is comfortable with so that that's that's very key um that's the thing with martinez yeah so martinez is more vocal he's got more of a presence a presence about him than leno that's what that's what i feel stands out you could see like he's more demanding he's more of a vocal presence that's what defenders like in my opinion if you ask me what do you want uh, if you ask a defender what do you want in your goalkeeper you just want to have that assurances he's just like shouting and screaming out and be like dude this is my ball whereas leno is really good at what he does he's brilliant in fact like i said i gave him a mention and he's probably one of our best players this season so there's a lot but the fact that he still has He's he's still rash. She's still not that. In my opinion, he's still not that convincing when it comes to like uh, set pieces. You know, he's always a bit fidgety. He's always like, in terms of shot stopping, he's brilliant. But I feel it's just that he needs to improve his game a bit more when it comes to like set pieces, corners, goal kicks. He needs to like, you know, maybe it's just the thing that'll eventually come to him. But let's see, man. Let, Martinez is doing the job right now but I'll definitely start him for next season. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think either which way we look at it whether it, uh whether it be Leno or Martinez like I said Arsenal seem to be in good hands for now. Uh and you, you I mean it's obviously you should hope that it it continues and it's not like a, a purple patch in goalkeeper gloves. Um uh, so yeah, I I think uh yeah, yeah I think no, uh, yeah I forgot to mention the uh, the most improved player. Yeah, yeah. definitely Saka. Definitely yeah. Saka. Okay. The kid has been brilliant. He's into double figures in terms of assists this season, and he's just eighteen. The guy yeah. is just he's played he's played left back, he's played wing back, he's played central midfielder, he's played right winger, he's played all over the pitch, and his numbers you could just see he's just like he's just a, he's just like like Oba calls him little chilly. <laughs> So that's what he is basically. He's just a little chilly. Like he's just like running around, like doing his thing, all of the pitch, and like you know, wherever you play him. Like I had my dad so about him. Like when he was like Arteta played him on a few, like he played him on the right, he played him. Left. I'm like, dude, you're putting a lot of pressure on this kid. But he's always proved me wrong. Whenever Arteta given him the chance, he took it with both both his arms. I like, yeah, I'm there. So yeah, the most improved player in my opinion is definitely Saka. Yeah, I think that's what you get with uh like teenagers and people at that age because they want they're so desperate to prove to their manager that they are ready to take the next step because you don't want to have somebody who's got potential to be sitting in reserves or in the under 23 squad playing against people who are at the same age but not at the same level and so it feels like you're losing out on that potential and to send them out on loan yeah sure that's a good alternative but when when you feel like he is ready why not put him into the squad and i think that's the case with saka i think he has shown glimpses that uh like if should the transfer window not work out that you still have somebody that you can rely on to give a, a decent shift and a more than decent shift as well at times so see yeah. i would i would still i would still want to take my time over him i again he's just 18 yeah i wouldn't want to put a lot of burden on the shoulder on his shoulder just yet maybe we just eventually yep. isma give him another 20 20 15 to 20 games a season and improve on improve from that and just see what how much he improves from there on and just like 
eventually get him into what he he can achieve you know go on yeah you don't it. yeah you don't want to rush it and then he eventually yeah. burns out because i think when people like i had this conversation earlier with somebody and he said when people start uh you know hitting their peak or peaking at early at an early age they tend to have quite a quick drop off once they get older and you don't want that you want them to ease in and get more comfortable so when they hit that 23 24 age then that's when they can really start to shine over a longer period and i feel also the the problem though is you know there's a, it's i wouldn't say i don't know if it's a chicken and egg situation but it's a dilemma obviously because once you give them the taste of playing premier league matches on a weekly basis to then kind of cut it down slightly they also need to you need to und- get let them understand that this is for their own good and i feel like arteta mm-hmm. like you said a ma- as a man manager should be good enough to do that right yeah definitely and you can see that the kind of players that arteta prefers these days yeah you can see why he doesn't re- uh, like it's not about rating arteta but why he doesn't prefer gwendozi because gwendozi is like more of an arrogant kid than saka who's just down to earth who's just really ready to listen whatever arteta throws at him and is like willing to learn on on a everyday uh on a everyday on a daily basis basically whereas gondozi is going to like point point fingers and be like this is not what i want to do this is not what i want this is you just can't have that kind of like that kind of play or that kind of mentality around such other brilliant young players around him definitely yeah uh can't disagree with you there uh so all right so i guess uh that's all we have to talk Arsenal for this particular part. Thanks Basit for being a part of this podcast. It was a pleasure having you on here and giving your thoughts yeah, on was... the FA Cup and all that. Yeah, it was a pleasure being on the show, man. Uh thanks. Thanks for having me and uh, yep. Yeah, uh, hope to be again on the show soon when the season starts next season. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll definitely talk transfers, you know, closer to uh, the deadline day maybe uh, and or when the season starts because we'll have better clarity on what's going on whether people are being able to spend given what whatever is happening right now so yeah uh certainly been interesting uh, congratulations once again for being an fa cup winner and you know a trophy is always good no matter how bad the season is the if you still win it, it it's it counts as silverware and uh, a record for you guys anyway so definitely it's again as part of the history yeah? so it's always good to add to your history it's like 14 time winners like any day of the day like people were comparing lampard and Yeah, it's a bit premature to compare the both of them but if you ask me like 20 years or 10 30 years from now are you going to remember what are you going to remember 2012 are you going to remember lampard finishing fourth are you going to remember arteta winning his first trophy in 2020 yeah i'm going to remember us winning the first at least 30 years <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> makes sense makes sense i'll give you yeah. that uh but uh, i i i get what you mean and yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely a piece of it. and <laughs> especially for players also to be a part of that history it it means something more uh yeah. for you yeah, guys yeah definitely you could see like you could see how it meant to them the players i know most of them most of these players have not like again fa cup is just not another cup that you win in maybe some other league the tradition the history the passion the baggage that this cup brings is a lot more than what people actually think it is so that way is just another brilliant trophy to end the season with i'm not saying again i started the the whole podcast convincing that we still have a long way to go we still have a long way to catch up from the likes of liverpool uh, i mean not chelsea maybe yeah fine with the way they're spending right now uh uh 
city definitely uh, let's see uh, again the it looks it looks bright it looks positive it's put a smile on my face after such a horrible season yeah i'm just looking forward to the transfer market and what what our, what our board can actually do you know and let's see yeah definitely and we'll definitely meet each other on the 29th of august in the community shield match i know it doesn't mean a lot i, I wouldn't count it as a, a trophy but sure uh-huh. if if you want to i guess uh, you guys must well, be, you guys <laughs> you guys must be rubbing your hands for that man you guys want your revenge uh yeah i suppose so. and obviously a good start for the next season as well give our team yet another belief that we could go again that will be that will be interesting man it's just like what down the tv tv is apart now or four weeks how long is it mm-hmm. Three weeks, right? Twenty ninth, uh, another twenty uh, seven days. So yeah, yeah, roughly around that. that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like four yep. weeks. Yeah, four weeks. So, uh, yeah. So thank you all for tuning in to the podcast and this uh, part especially. If you've been listening all the way from part one to part five, and now you're joining us for part six, thank you for staying with us. If you've listened all the way from part episode number one. uh and you just jo- and you joining us once again for episode number 49 thank you for sticking around we've got one more episode one major episode to go before we call it a day for season 1 of this particular podcast but we still have another part or so for this particular episode so stay tuned for more um and yeah if you like what we're putting out there then why don't you guys follow us on seven different podcast platforms like anchor spotify google podcast apple podcast you name it we're probably there you can also follow us on instagram and twitter where i try to be as active as possible and you uh, and let us know if you or anyone you know wants to be a part of the podcast as well we'd love to hear from them as always and i'm sure they'd also want to get their opinions heard by thousands of fans whoever uh, whoever's listening to this podcast basically so i guess that's it for episode number 49 part 6 Yeah I think I'm close slowly losing count here with part 6 I'm your host Pradi once again and see you